Hello, this is Shante from San Diego. I enjoy listening to the Black Equity Podcast. Tonight, I was listening to Tyler, the Creator's new album called Igor, and I thought it was a great album. I was looking looking through his Wikipedia page, and I noticed that he had some controversial moments with Mountain Dew and the ads called Felicia the Goat. And um, especially coming from a, a black artist, you know, why were those ads, what made those ads so offensive? Um, and why was it literally stripped from the Internet? And I you know, Mountain Dew is a business. Uh, I'm sure that there was a lot of equity involved in these commercials. And I wanted to know what, you know, why is, you know, what made Felicia the GOAT, you know, what was it really portraying uh, that made it so unappealing to the public? Uh, I enjoy listening to your podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you, Shante from San Diego, for sending in your voice message and uh, giving us an opportunity to study this topic. Um, So in front of us today, we're going to look at, on a bigger scale, advertising and advertising placements within hip hop and within black culture. And so I'm first going to touch on Tyler, the creator, and then we're going to scale back a little bit and understand why it's so important to to really look into this topic. And my goal today on this episode is to leave you with uh, three pieces of wisdom uh, centered around how to strategically brand your company. My goal is to take three pieces of wisdom and show you how to strategically brand your company Um, And maybe we'll learn from this particular situation uh, so then we can grow and expand. So if you're not familiar, Mountain Dew, a couple years ago, this may have been back in 2013, 2014, they did uh, several different ads with uh, Tyler, the creator, and one of them being a situation where uh, there was... A woman who was beat up, bruised, and she was going into, I guess, the police uh, lineup. And there's this uh, lineup of men, uh, about four or five black men, and then one was a goat. And so she's beaten up. She's bruised. She's probably I think she even has like an arm brace on. So she's been she's been violated in some way. And, you know, the police officer says, hey, pick the one in the do rag. I don't remember which one it was that was in the do-rag. She looks out to the to the lineup and the goat is basically threatening her, saying, you better not say anything or I'll do you to play off the word of not do. And he's threatening her and uh, she's, you know, she's getting scared. And and it's supposed to be it looks to be um, some dark humor. It's supposed to be funny. And so people were taken aback by it because we now know in this culture, and this is a few years back, so Tyler Creator, being the person that he is, it was probably a few years ahead of his time. He understood back then how important it is to have outrage marketing. Marketing or outrage is the new form of marketing, as in today's world. And he may have been one of the first ones to say, hey, let's have some outrage. And so 
they created this commercial. Mountain Dew partnered up with them. It hit the it hit the uh, the world, and the world did not receive it too well, especially in the time where we are going into respecting and protecting women. And so here is what the take was. The take was, you know, how dare, you know, Tyler, the creator, how dare Mountain Dew, you know, portray a woman who's been beaten, bruised, battered, and then make light of the situation, make fun of the situation, and then say, if you say anything on this police lineup, I'll do you, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take care of you. And so, People step back from that and they're saying, I don't want no part of that. I'm not buying any Mountain Dew. I'm not doing anything with Tyler, the creator. And so where do we stand on it? Right. Where do we stand on outrage marketing? Because that's really what the topic is. How do we stand? How do we what is our stance on outrage marketing? Because it's not just this ad. (laughs) Is basically every week there's a new ad or a new placement of some type of content that is meant to outrage you, to make you so upset that you'll start tweeting about it, to make you so upset that you'll start talking about it. And people will say, well, did you hear that new Mountain Dew ad? And so now Mountain Dew is being embedded into the culture. And for them, that may be a win. Some people say that There's no such thing as bad PR. There's no such thing as bad uh, publicity. Some people will say that. Some will argue (laughs) that, you know, you must protect your brand at all costs and how people feel about, you know, how you, you know, see or how people feel when they see your brand is your brand. You know, how how do you make people feel? And so here we go. I want to dive in to what this moment And I'm glad we have this question come into Black Equity Podcast. I want to dive in and see what does this moment, as well as other outrage marketing, is what I'm calling it. What are the pieces of wisdom that comes from it? What can we learn? So the first nugget of wisdom that we learn from outrage marketing Here's what we're learning, not just from Tyler, the creator, but just overall, you know, you even look at uh, some of these movies that are coming out that are specifically targeting certain segments of the population to make them upset. What is the what is the, the wisdom here? The wisdom is. There are certain companies. That are so desperate for the dollar. Our dollar that they're willing to disrespect us in order to get it. (laughs) There are certain companies who are so desperate for the dollar, our dollar, that they're willing to disrespect us in order to get it. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we really doing? So, let me comment on Tyler, the creator, and then just overall. Mountain Dew decides, well, hey, we're going to team up with Tyler, the creator, because, well, he's creative and he puts together some really good stuff. And so the whole lineup is black men. That, that's, a, that's, that's something there. Someone else would argue and say, well, 
it's the creative genius of putting all black men there with a white woman and saying, you know, why is there only black men there? And then using the goat as a joke. Some would say, well, hey, this makes perfect sense, especially with Tyler Crater being black. All, go- all good. All fits on brand for, for Tyler, the creator. Well, here's the issue. The issue is, well, who's behind Mountain Dew? Because <laughs> that would tell me everything. You know, the, the equity of things is, well, who's behind what? Mountain Dew is owned and operated by PepsiCo. Okay? PepsiCo is an American multinational food, snack, and beverage corporation headquartered in Harrison, New York. All I really care about right now in this conversation is who are the key people? Chairman Indra Noyi. Indra Noyi is an Indian-American business executive serving on the board. Uh, When did she take over here? Because, you know, this was a few years ago. So I want to see when she came on board. Uh, Business executive serving the board of directors of Amazon, the largest e-commerce business in the world by net revenue. Um... I don't see when she came on. She's consistently ranked in the world's 100 most powerful women. In 2014, she was ranked as number 13 on the Forbes list of the world's 100 most powerful women. So the question I am wondering is if she is indeed over PepsiCo, is she still there now? Oh, here it is. She joined PepsiCo in 1994, was named CEO in 2001. When did she leave is my question. Because when she left, matters. On August 2018, PepsiCo confirmed that Noe would step down. Okay. So I believe everything comes from the top. Because from the top, everything has to be approved. Now, you got to remember, Mountain Dew has its own crew of people. They do their own things. And Noe may not have anything to do with Mountain Dew. So I'm not singling her out. But it would... It would stand to say that she was head honcho in charge during this time. And the ad that came out was about a woman being battered and bruised. And so no alarms went out before releasing this to the public and the the sensitive nature of the topic. But also, also the same people who are outraged by this, the same people who are outraged by this will then turn around and watch HBO and watch somebody else go through the exact same thing, but just because it's not a commercial with a goat, now it's not a problem. Because people are battered and bruised every day. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's on HBO, it's on Showtime, it's on Cinemax. And so I believe if we're going to call out one, we should call out the other. How come there's more? Why is there more responsibility on soda companies, on beverage companies, on snack companies, than we do on our own film and TV industries? That is a question you would have to ask yourself. But for some reason, Mountain Dew, we don't like this. And so we're looking at, well, who, who was in charge? You know, who's a chairman? Who's a chairwoman? And so we look at one person. So then who's the other person? There was a CEO by the name of Ramon Laguata. Uh, from Barcelona, Spain, is a chief executive officer of PepsiCo. He was named CEO on October 3rd, 2018. So he comes in when Indra leaves. So he has nothing to do with this. Because this particular thing that we're looking at happened a few years ago. So what's the first thing that that I believe is the wisdom? I believe that many people 
are so desperate for the dollar, your dollar, our dollar, that they will disrespect us in order to get it. They just want our attention. They just really want our attention so then we could pay attention to them. And they'll do whatever it takes to get our attention so we'll stop looking one way and, and look over here and say, well, did you see that ad? Did you see that movie? Did you see that thing? Because now we're shifting our focus and our energy because there's a secret. What you pay attention to becomes reality. And so if, if, if as a marketing executive, if I can get you to just look to the left, if I can just get you to look to the right and not look straight ahead, if I can knock you off course, if I can outrage you just enough, one way or another, you're going to be my customer again. Oh, you're not buying, you're not about, uh, buying Mountain Dew? Perfect. But it's PepsiCo. <laughs> PepsiCo is the real uh, winner here because let me ask you this. Because if we're going to really do this, let's break down what, what products would be part of uh, PepsiCo. Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Lay's Potato Chips, Gatorade, Diet Pepsi, 7-Up, Tropicana, Doritos, Lipton, Quaker's Foods, Cheetos, Ruffles, Aquafina, Pepsi Max, um, Miss uh, Twist, Fritos, just to name a few. So what you do is let's take one of our brands that may be struggling. Let's get some outrage marketing, bring them back into buying sodas again. And OK, yeah, they may not buy Mountain Dew, but I bet you they'll remember to go get some Pepsi. We're going to bring them back into this because everybody everybody is. You know, going back on this health kick, smoothies and other drinks. Let's bring them back over to snacks. And so let's get a little bit of attention by using one of our brands that may be struggling as a way to lure people back in to the overall brand and overall picture. That could have been the strategy. So people are so desperate that they're willing to disrespect you, disrespect uh, your culture in order to get your dollars. And the sad part is, the sad commentary is going to be, why are you letting it happen? Why are you letting their desperation to revive their brands allow you to get sucked in, to have to pay attention to ads that are designed to disrespect the very culture in which you say you care for and it's not just this ad. We're using this as an example, but look at all the different outrage marketing that has been going on for the last two or three years. With the rise of social media at its highest right now, they are manipulating the narratives by making you upset just enough where you won't even pay attention to what's really going on. We value commercials more than we value what's on TV and the movies. Because what's on the TV and the movies isn't real. That's what we tell ourselves. But the commercials are. Don't let someone disrespect you and disrespect your culture in order to get a buck. Withhold your dollars if you feel you're disrespected. If you feel like there, there was no disrespect, by all means, put your money where you value it. Here's the second piece of wisdom that I'm noticing. 
The second piece of wisdom is when things go bad in a partnership or in a deal, whose name is going to be on the line? Who's going to take the biggest hit? When a situation goes bad, a partnership goes bad, whose name is going to be on the line? Who's going to take the biggest hit? That's what I'm noticing here. Because when this thing came out, Tyler Creator's getting all the all the shots taken. Oh, Mountain Dew, you know, they have a track record. They've made some mistakes. But for the most part, they're Mountain Dew. They have a strong brand. Tyler Creator is just Tyler the Creator. And he's already had the brand of being a little bit off. So Mountain Dew gets to walk away with it. Or other companies get to walk away with stuff. All because they partnered with someone who has less value in the marketplace, quote unquote, than them. So when you're doing partnerships with people and you're working with people, it may be in your best. It may be in your best interest to make sure that, okay, is this even, you know, or is it always going to be a situation that no matter what I do, I was always in the wrong, even if I'm right. They bring him on to be creative, and then when he's creative, then they say, well, that was too creative. So then now you have full creative control. And so then you got to start questioning, well, who am I doing partnerships with, and where is this going? Because are they really going to have my back? Are they going to put the disclaimer up that, you know, these uh, opinions are not expressed by our company? Or is it going to be disclaimers? Are they going to pull down ads? Are they going to back away from me, pull away endorsements? Like, How deep are they into working with me? Or am I just a, a, a fancy name at a time where they need the publicity? So for me, that's the second thing here. Is what, what, what role will I play in this partnership when things go bad, when the partnership doesn't go the way that we want it to go? How am I going to be looked at here? Is it a situation where we can simply shake hands and walk away? Or is it do or die where my brand is on the line because I'm I'm partnered with this company? And so I would encourage you to find opportunities where your brand isn't going to be on the line. <laughs> it's like, why is my brand on the line but yours isn't? That doesn't sound like a fair exchange to me. And it, to me, would be a great wisdom to pick up on this as you're going forward in your future deals. For me, the final wisdom here is, is quite simple for me. I don't want to be a part of anything where I don't have some type of creative control. <laughs> there has to be some stake in this for me unless I'm just a silent partner on it and I'm just putting my money into it and waiting for a passive income return but if I'm going to be a part of something do I have any input? Do I have any creative control? Do I have any final decision making? You know and so are you going to bail on me when things don't go the way you want them to go? If not, then it just wasn't a good partnership. And so what I see here is it's probably not the best partnership for Tyler, the creator back then. It's probably not the best partnership if as soon as things get bad, you're going to run. That's not a good partnership at all. 
your audience is telling you this isn't good. Uh, Mountain Dew's pulled out. Everybody's turned on you. But it's mainly because they value they value you as a commodity, but they don't value you as a person. And they don't value your creativity. I'm not a big talented creative fan. I said that in the very beginning. But we have to at least admire the creativity, whether we like it or not. There's nothing about the the commercial that is any different than what is on TV. So if we're going to question the commercial, we would have to question culture. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying let's question everything. But we, for some reason, have drew, drew an imaginary line in the sand and said this over here is allowed and this over here isn't. And then we pick and choose. We pick and choose who we're going to rock with and who we aren't based on if we like them or not. I'm going to tell you this. Not liking someone can stop you from receiving so many blessings. <laughs> Because a lot of times you'll miss the wisdom in something just because, ooh, I don't like them. No, there's wisdom in everything. I've told people before, I'm not too big of a fan of that person. But, man, there's some jewels in this. There's some wisdom in this that I I might want to research and find out about. So then I can be a better and the best version of myself. And what I believe is some people will work in partnerships with, with others they don't really have any genuine care or concern about the other person. And so knowing when to walk away is key. So going forward, I would expect Tyler Creator or anyone else, anyone in this outrage marketing society, I would expect everyone to make sure that whoever they align with is going to fully be aligned with them. If not, don't take the endorsement. Don't take the quick money. Don't just do it just to do it. Because if you don't respect my creativity, if you don't respect the value that I bring, you're wasting my time and I'm and I damn sure I'm wasting your time. All endorsements are not good endorsements. All partnerships are not good partnerships. And that's okay. We do not have to all work together. All tribes will not work together. It's okay, everyone. It's fine. My feelings aren't hurt. Your feelings shouldn't be hurt. Let's go our separate ways. Let's shake hands and move on. But if we are going to do a deal together, I would like some type of say, unless I already know going into it, I'm a passive investor. And what you do is what you do. I'm just putting my money in and I just want to see a return in a few years. Those are those types of deals. This wasn't one of them. This is putting your name on it. This is putting everything out there as a, a collaborative effort. But then when it when it doesn't go the way you want it to, they have all complete creative control. And so why would I ever want to be a part of that? Where at any moment you could just take it down, get rid of it, and it doesn't benefit you anymore. Uh, I'll pass. I'll pass on that one. So keep keep that endorsement. Keep what you're doing. I'm going to go this way and uh, we're going to try something different over here. That, my friends, is creative control. I hope that these three nuggets of wisdom have helped you today. I hope that you're seeing the black equity in this. We thank our listeners for sending in these messages. Keep them coming. And as we keep exploring the equity behind black culture, let's put down our biases 
Let's put down if we like somebody or if we don't like them and let's just listen to the wisdom, maybe. And let's not be so quick to attack others uh, before we actually get to know them. <laughs> let's let, let's not do that. I'll see you tomorrow on Black Equity.